Okay, we have our first message uh, for today, brought to us by Mr. David Hope, and it's titled, The Worship of God Before the Exodus. Anyway, good afternoon, everybody. We have visitors here. It's always good to see, and and the people visiting from home on their computers or television, or whatever. My wife found some stuff on the TV the other day. I don't know how she did it, but I come across some Ron Bart's messages, and I don't know. It's it's neat, big screen, everything. So anyway, it's nice. Welcome everyone here. We've been studying in our Tuesday night Bible study, we've been studying about the Sabbath and how to keep it and things of that nature. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do that exactly this time, this message, but uh, it'll have the Sabbath involved in it and, and a little bit of the history. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of history in this book right here. You know, a great deal of prophecies, thousands of years you know, past, present, and future in this book. And it's a wonder that you can get all the, what we get in here. But in a sense, and I gave a message years ago about as need to know, you know. Not, everything that we need to know is not in the Bible. out of us and so it's a very interesting book uh, God in some some places uh, God even instructed some of the writers to seal up you know don't put this in here what, what I'm showing you now a prophecy don't don't even write it down you know it's going to be later on so we, we could have a lot more stuff in here but we have exactly what God wants us to hear what we say some people would tell you that the Ten Commandments were not given until the time of Moses. You, you probably have heard that. A lot of people have heard that. Uh, and Moses in the wilderness, you know, Mount Sinai, that's when the Ten Commandments were codified. And they'll say that's when the Sabbath came into existence and those that really want to do away with it. And uh, it, it started at Moses and it ended at the cross. You know, we, we don't do that anymore. They have a very short period. Some will say that there are no rules of, of unclean meats and clean foods to eat. Before Moses, they said, you know, a lot of people will tell you that, and I guess maybe they haven't read their Bible, but they'll tell you that uh, that didn't happen until Moses, and, and that's nailed to the cross, too. We can eat anything we want to now, and there are a lot of scriptures in the New Testament that, that people try to take and twist around and, and take out of context and make it sound like you can eat anything you want to eat now. Everything's purified and clean. So most of us that know the truth, and that's another subject altogether, but... Uh, some people would tell you that there was no formal worship of, of God before uh, Moses and before the wilderness in Israel. Uh, 
Some agree that the Sabbath was mentioned in the second chapter of Genesis. Most of them, they can't get around that, you know. Even in Exodus 28, it talks about, you know, that. And uh, that it was put in, put up on a shelf, you know, after, after the... Uh, um, Sabbath, uh, Sabbath, you know, the creation week. Well, after that, they would just put it on the shelf. And, of course, you don't hear too much about the Sabbath until this time. But they assume, they tell you that it wasn't, wasn't applicable until Moses recodified it or brought it out. And even at that, like I said a while ago, it was done away at the cross. So you don't do that anymore. We do another thing now. But today I want to talk about religion before and after the Exodus. I'm going to read and start off in, uh, briefly in uh, Genesis, the fifth chapter. And this is a long time before the, the Exodus, probably 2,500 years or so before Exodus. But anyway, uh, Genesis 5, verse 22, Enoch walked with God. After he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. How did he walk with God? How do you walk with someone? Just think about that yourself. And he was not, and for God took him, and this is... The scripture where a lot of people will try to say, well, he, he's in heaven now. God took him and, and he's in heaven now. And I'm not going to get into that either, the doctrine of the immortality of the soul and where you go. We've had these messages before and probably will in the future of what happens after death. So, But anyway, uh, God took him away from sin. You know, it didn't say how he killed him. It didn't say even on Moses, you know, how God did away with Moses, you know. But uh, anyway... Uh, now in Genesis 6 chapter, verse 5 through 9, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And sometimes you look at the things that go on in this world now, and, and sometimes you, some people you think that's all they think about. They, may, they must lose a lot of sleep at night so they can think of how many bad things they can do and, and who they can accuse of something. Verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he made man upon the earth and grieved him in his heart. Very disappointed the way things turned out. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repents me that I have made them. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So what did he do in that walk with God? What did, did, did were there any ceremonies? Were there uh, a Sabbath to be kept, or what? What do you think happened that Noah walked with God? Do you walk with God? Do we walk with God? I think we try to walk with God. 
And I, I didn't write this down. I don't think I don't put my scriptures, but I just referred to Amos three three. Amos says, "Can two walk together except they agreed? Be agreed." You know, we can't. A lot of times, uh, we try to go to some of these other churches there for a little while. My wife and I took a little bit of sabbatical away from the, the Sabbath churches here. I don't know, forty years ago, and uh, there was an empty spot here, and we went once in a while to, you know, one of the first day churches, and they were good, they were friendly people, but knowing what we knew, we couldn't walk with them because they'd come up and they'd start talking about Christmas and they'd start doing Easter and, and uh, you know, it'd be Passover time and, and uh, you know, you can't say, lo, the rabbit of God, you know, the bunny of God. No, it was the lamb of God. So, you know, we couldn't walk with them. So anyway, can two walk together unless they agree? Over in the New Testament, Luke 1, verse 5, 6. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, Judea a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter, or was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous. And what is righteous? How do you judge righteous? What Can you be righteous back in those days? Before God, walking in all the commandments. So they're telling here, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. So they were righteous, walking with God. First John, second chapter, verse 2 again, oh, 01. My little children, these things I'm writing to you that you sin not. And what a sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, or, or with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a perpetuation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. So all of the world is subject to Jesus' uh, righteousness. Perpetuation, verse three, and hereby we we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that said I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So we're we're on the New Testament now, but I I think the same thing applied to the to the Old Testament and the prophets and the people back before Noah. But whosoever keeps his com whosoever keeps his word, and him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. So you want to know how? You know, if we keep his commandments. Verse 6, he that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, to walk, even as he walked. And in another place, Paul said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, he could have said, well, walk with me as I walk with Christ. Verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. Of course, they, they may say, well, their beginning, but I think it's the real beginning, the beginning, beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Jude 14 through 16. And Enoch, back back to the uh, before Noah, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam, 
prophesied of these sayings, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Wow. Enoch knew that they were going to be saints. Way back, you know, four or five thousand years ago, four thousand years ago. To execute, verse 15, to execute, execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. Wow, boy, that's really, really putting a lot of emphasis on that ungodly. What is that? Ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurs. These are murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lust, you know. And if you want to really find out what a lot of their lust is, look over in, what is it, Galatians 5, you know, the, the, the fruits of the darkness, you know, the works of the darkness. I mean, there's a big list of what really is unrighteous, and then also the fruits of the spirits in that same chapter. That's in Galatians 5. Okay. Uh, walking in their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration for advantage. So we'll touch a little bit on some of the dietary laws. Genesis 7, verse 1 through, thir- through 3. And this is before Moses, too, a few years before Moses. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come you and all your house unto the ark, for you have I seen righteous, what is righteous, before me in this generation, of every clean, of what? Clean beast before Moses? Clean of every clean beast you shall take to you by sevens, not just two, like so many of the people think, you know. Most people will say, well, the ark was just, you know, contained just two, you know, male and female. And uh, they didn't read the whole story. But anyway, take by sevens, and the male and his female, and the beasts that are not clean, or, the beasts that are not clean by two. So, so the ones that you're not going to eat and have sacrifices with, you only take two of them, a male and his female. The male and his female, verse 3. The fowls of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. So we're going to have enough to eat, we're going to have enough to sacrifice, and we're going to have enough to repopulate the world. Back over into the second uh, to the New Testament, Second Peter 2. For God spared not the angels that sinned before Noah, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. A preacher of righteousness. Do we have preachers of righteousness today? I think we've got a, several of them, several of you. Even even you that don't speak up here can be pe- preachers of righteousness. That you uh, talk to your friends, your relatives, and and just be your way of life. And then sometimes they'll ask you, "Well, why do you do such as that?" Well, you're afraid not to do. <laughs> well, I was afraid, but you respect it. And spare not the old world. Verse
verse 5. But save Noah, the eighth person of, uh, preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And what is unrighteous? I mean, what is righteousness? We've been talking about it, and most of you right here, if I just ask even some of your children, and say, well, well, what's righteousness? How do you know? What, do you, what is our definition? And most of you would come up with uh, uh, one verse, one, I'm not mine, but I mean, this would be one of your first verses you'd have probably is Psalms 119 and, one, uh, and verse 172. And they were speaking, My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. The Ten Commandments are, and all of God's commandments are righteousness. If you want to walk with God, we walk in righteousness, and and we know what the righteousness are. Back over to the Old Testament again, or maybe some people say Older Testament, Older Testament. Ezekiel 14, verse 13 and 14. Son of man, when the land sins against me by transgressing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. And that some people say, well, that, that can very well apply to us. You know, we're, the land is beginning. Like uh, one of the scriptures says, the land is full of bloody crime, chain, you know, uh, blood meets blood. Though these men, Noah... Daniel, two men of the Old Testament, and Job were in it. They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. So any of us, if we're second generation Christians, we're not going to be saved by our fathers and our mothers. We're, they're going to save themselves. And our children, uh, they're not going to be saved by anything that we do, no matter how righteous we are. Hopefully we set a good example that they would want to emulate us. They'd want to be like us. They'd want to walk like us. But we're not going. We're not going to save anybody. We can preach to them, or we can talk to them. We can uh, negotiate, not negotiate, but but uh, encourage them. Ezekiel 14. I'm still in Ezekiel 15. If I cause the noisome beast to come, beast to pass through the land. And they spoil it so that it is desolate that no man may pass through because of the beast. You know, very dangerous times. Though these three men were in it, I, as I live, saith the Lord God, as they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, they only shall deliver, but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring the sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land so that it cut off man and beast in it. I like to see a sword jump up. I don't think he did it literally with a sword with legs and arms and everything. But anyway, give me a little time to think. Though these three men were in it, he repeats it again and makes them realize that, you know, you're only going to save yourself. These three men be in it. As I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall deliver themselves. Or if I send, the pest, send a pestilence in the land, 
and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast. Though, boy, he's really, really going to get, not boring, but he's really repeating it. He's really wanting to get his point across, Ezekiel is, or God is through Ezekiel. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. And I think I'm going to read this to all my kids. I'm going to send them a text in there and see if I can slip one in without them being suspicious. Yeah. That was a joke. No. Neither son nor daughter, they shall neither deliver their own, or they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. And what is sin? Most of you, what if, if I said what's sin, you would use a New, New Testament scripture and you'd hold your hand up and I bet, uh, what, would, what would the first answer be for most of you? Anybody want to raise their hand? What is sin? Run. I'm sorry? Transgression of the law. Transgression of the law. 1 John 3.4, right, you're right. 1 John 3.4, it's... it's, it's classic with us, which there are other scriptures. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Very plain, very clear. We'll go back to the Old Testament there for a little bit, and here's another uh, story that's uh, familiar to most of us, a story about Abraham and Sarah when they were traveling and, and uh, Abraham thought that his wife was so beautiful that, you know, the other kings might want to take her, and so they lied about it and said that they're brother and sister. So I'm going to read it anyway because it's worth reading. Genesis 20, verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt in Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar, and Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, She is my sister, and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this could be, could be bad. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, Behold, you are but a dead man. For the woman which you have taken, she, for she is a man's wife, and Abimelech had not come near her. Boy, looking for him, you know. God, God prevented it. I guess it'd be nice if God prevented us from doing some things that, you know, we shouldn't be. But I don't know. But anyway, but uh, had not come near her. And he said, Lord, and this is, I guess while he's in a dream, his dream he's talking, Lord, will you slay also a righteous nation? Said she not unto me, she is my sister, or he said to me, she is my sister, and she even said herself, said he is my brother, in my integrity, or in the integrity of my heart, and in the innocency of my hands, I have done this. So he really was, uh, he thought he was right. He didn't do anything. He wasn't trying to uh, sin, but he thought there's a beautiful woman, you know, boy, how lucky can the man be? And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Of course, he'd be sinning against them too, but uh, 
I guess he really wouldn't be sinning against Abraham because he gave her permission. But uh, anyway, sinning against God, and this, like I said before, this is before uh, uh, the wilderness and Noah and uh, Moses conduct, doing, giving us Ten Commandments. Therefore suffered I you not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for you, and you shall live. And if you have restored, if you restore her not, know you that you shall surely die, you and all that is it that are yours. Therefore Abimelech rose up early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears and the men were so afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And what have I offended you that you have brought us on, brought this on, brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? A great sin. Even even the uh, uh, people that weren't walking with God at the time knew that that was a sin. They had a sin. You have done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And here's a little bit of uh, sacrificing before Moses. Genesis 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And of course, this is condensed. We don't know how many years this has happened, you know, since the Garden of Eden. We don't know. That it's, uh, it could have been a lot of years. It could have not. But anyway, uh, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat of thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel's, Abel and his offering. So they knew there was a form of godliness. There was a form of a ritual of some type that, that God expected out of them. And even with the agriculture, you know, I don't know what uh, Cain did. You know, he may have given him some uh, okra that was just real tough. You know, you couldn't eat it or something. I don't know. But anyway, his, he, he was basically a, given the vegetables and the fruits and things of that nature. And, and uh, Abel gave uh, the cattle. So, and we know that you give God the best, the firstlings and all that. But anyway, but unto Cain... But unto Cain, to his offering, he had not respect, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. Sin even lies, you know, during the sacrifices before Moses. And I'm not saying that we carry it on. We know that we don't, we don't do that in the New Testament. But we know all the prophecies on that. I mean, the systems on that. But uh, anyway, in verse 8, Cain talked to Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, and some scholars say that maybe uh, Cain lured him out there. I don't know. That, that doesn't tell you how he got there, what they were doing in the field together. Uh, 
Anyway, and Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. He killed him. Genesis 8, we'll see here where Noah did some sacrificing. He had a form of religion. And with all that religion, I'm, I'm assuming that, that the Sabbath was part of that too because it was instituted from the very beginning. We know for sure that that was. Genesis 8, verse 14. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried, and God spoke unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring forth every, bring forth with you every living thing that is with you, all the flesh, both of the fowl and the cattle, and of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Verse 18, And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creep upon the earth after their kind went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar, built an altar, unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, you know, well before it was documented in, in uh, Israel in the wilderness, clean beast, and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And I would say they probably kept the uh, uh, Sabbath during the days upon the flood, upon the water, that they were keeping the Sabbath on that day. I'm, I'm reasonably sure that they were doing that, and I'm sure they kept it afterwards. It doesn't make sense to me that that he's going to institute the Sabbath and the creation week and then just put it up on the shelf for, you know, 2,000, 4,000 years and, and then reinstitute it and then do away with it again, you know, when Jesus comes and then put another day to it. I just don't see that. I better hurry up. And the Lord smelled the sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So it's going to go on, God, we're going to destroy it by water again. Last page, as Paul Harvey would say, or page two or whatever. And I guess here's where most people say that the Ten Commandments, I mean, that the Sabbath was instituted in Exodus 20 and verse 8. Here, uh, and also the unclean and clean foods. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath, and most of you have this all memorized. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, not of Israel, Lord your God. In it you shall do no work or any work. You nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger that is within your gates. For, and then he says, he ties it all together. This is the reason. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, 
and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. You know, not because he was tired, and, and we've mentioned that several times in our Tuesday night Bible study. God don't get tired. You know, and there's a lot of scriptures that tell that, you know, God don't need a rest. But we do, but anyway, that's another subject. Uh, six days the Lord made heaven and earth, sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And if I had more time, I'd go over to the New Testament and, and go to several places. Where there's some really good scriptures in the New Testament that, that show that. And, and Hebrews, uh, I think four chapters are really good one too, if you have time. So, in conclusion, there are so many scriptures that pertain to the religion before Moses, a lot of them. I don't have time to go into it. And in fact, it would probably take two or three messages and series to cover a lot of it. And uh, maybe a person could do that and not try to cram so much into one sermon. But anyway, just scratch the surface. Anyway, but it, it shows you that the, when the scripture is true when God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the, the Sabbath there. Uh, there was a form of worship acceptable to God throughout history. And the Sabbath was not put on the shelf from Adam to Moses. It was not. I don't care what people say. Nor will it ever be. Nor was it changed to the first day of the week. 